Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to another amazing episode of Geek Vibes Live interview. For this uh, interview, I'm your host, Tia, and I have with me the amazing and honestly quite hilarious Bashir Sylvain. How are you today? I am good. I am great. I am well. I, uh, I, you know, honestly, I wish I could have recorded our conversation before because uh, you had me laughing uh, for a hot second <laughs> there. <laughs> Um, which is funny because I'm sure that there wasn't too much laughter in your episode of the upcoming second season of Netflix's Black Summer, uh, which will hit the streaming service on June 17th. So I just, I really just wanted to give you uh, an opportunity to tell me about your character, tell me about the episode as a whole, um, you know, what can people expect from episode five of season two? Oh, man. Um, yeah, like you said, uh, <laughs> a lot of non-comedy moments in that, in that show, but we definitely had some good times uh, due to the fact that it was that serious. So we had to bring some levity to it. But, uh, you know, I play Brathwaite. Um, uh, I don't know if I want to say everything about it yet, but, uh, but Brathwaite is definitely a character that pops up later on on the episode. I think we're on episode five. And uh, basically, it's uh, me and Spears trying to uh, survive this continuous, uh, you know, zombie apocalypse. And, uh, and it, was, it was such a very, very special moment for me. And uh, Spears, who, uh, who's played by Justin Chukeri, is because both of us, we both came up together. We both uh, started our career uh, taking an acting class with Mike Beach. So uh, we've always joked around on like, man, one day, one day we'll be able to work together and, and you know, and get paid for this because <laughs> we would do like scenes. So uh, for us to have an opportunity to fight zombies together, uh, on a Netflix show was uh, one of the most special things that I will cherish for a very, very long time. So uh, for the sentimental reasons, that's why we definitely want people to see it. But also uh, the show itself, man, uh, the first season, if anybody, anybody's seen this first season, blew me away. It was the first show that I saw that really put us into the humanity, the re, the human behavior, how we, we naturally react. Because sometimes with certain zombie movies, I just find it very casual. Like, like I'm not thinking about making love to nobody when a zombie's trying to kill me. You know what I'm saying? Like, love story, I don't get that. Like, I, I never, right? I'm always like, wait a minute, when do you have time to check somebody out when some zombie's trying to eat your brain? I don't know. That's just me. But, but. In this series, it really, you know, I love the silent moments. I love the moments where you are thinking about surviving and, and you see people in the rawest form when you're trying to survive. And, and I think that's why uh, people gravitate to it. And also the zombies are super fast. They're like real human people, unless, you know, unlike some other places where I'm like, they're running way slow. How are they going to catch me? And it's impossible. But, but, uh, but yeah. So I hope I answered your question. I think I just 
<laughs> it's funny what you were saying before because if you've seen the first season of The Walking Dead, I feel like every episode was some love scene. And as you said, it's the middle of the apocalypse here. Um, <laughs> I ain't got no time to be. I'm sorry. This is not the time to be horny. I'm sorry. I'm just saying, like, this is, this is real life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the zombies in Black Summer remind me of the zombies from 28 Days Later, where, you know, yes. I mean, they're sprinting practically at that point. That's super terrifying. Um, when you were filming this episode I mean what were say the challenges that you faced um, when you know you have to put yourself in the situation that you're in a zombie apocalypse so I mean what would you say the challenges were man the challenges besides uh, shooting this during COVID (laughs) that was a very big challenge for everybody but we started shooting before COVID actually uh, and it was in January and we had to stop because of COVID. And I was terrified because we were in Calgary and it's negative 17 over there. And that's a good day, <laughs> you know? And so I was like, oh, snap. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to see my, because, you know, the whole, the whole uh, episode, we're outside in the woods. And so we had to try to figure out what, you know, we, we flew out uh, a couple of weeks before our, our, our episodes and we were going to be there for two months. And well, I was going to be there for two months. Uh, Justin was going to be there for way longer. And and I was the the challenging of just trying to stay warm and being outside and trying to be natural. That was the first worry. And then COVID happens. Then we went back and the challenge was they were like, oh, OK, cool. Since it's not going to be as cold, we were still cold because it's Canada and uh, but not as cold. Uh, but then they decided to do a rain uh, scene where it's going to be raining. And I was like, oh, I've done this before because usually the rain and in Hollywood, they, it's warm, you know, so you could get all drained up. That's why, like, a lot of films, when you see it's raining and they're moving around like, like you know, it's nothing. It's because the water's warm, man. It's nice. <laughs> it's like here that's like, oh, bath water. Oh, you know, I could do all types of scenes there. For some strange reason, that day it didn't work. So it was cold. <laughs> it was freezing. And we're all we're both wearing wetsuits and we have these extra layers of clothes and it's like soaking wet. And we're trying to do everything we can not to shatter our teeth because we're just like <laughs> so so every 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 cut, you know, we will they'll be like an action and we'll do the scene and it'll be like a tough moment. I'm like, yeah, man, whatever, whatever. Da, 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 da. And cut. Oh, oh, and we're all like yelling. <laughs> like, oh my God, oh my God. And it's like, all right, cool, cool. They were like, uh, been because of COVID, we couldn't go back to our trailers, we couldn't go back to, you know, get warm and get ready for the scene. And they gave us the option, but we're like, well there's no point because we're just going to get cold again. So we just toughed it out and just did it. <laughs> so those were one of the challenges uh, of that. But as far as immersing myself into uh, the character, into that world, that's what I live for. I love that uh, to the point where it might be a little too annoying. <laughs> uh, you know, when I came in, the first thing I was like in costume, I'm sitting there like, yeah, so my character's a coyote and I'm going to need, <laughs> I want to need this and that and that. And I can you put a little scar in his face. Like I had all this, this homework that I started with uh, to bring in. So as far as the emotional uh, uh, section of it, that's the part that I enjoy the most. Well, so it's uh, interesting that you say homework. Um, 
what were some, you know, were there any movies or TV shows that you referenced when trying to get into character? Man, so uh, so before COVID, right, we, we had to be quarantined for, for 17 days before we shoot. And it's literally house arrest, but with luxury, with, with Netflix money. Like, <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Like, you're in house arrest. You can't leave your apartment. Somebody brings you food. You got a uh, patio and you got, like, little workout stuff. And I asked them because they were like, hey, man, we will take care of your food. We'll take care of your entertainment. What do you want? And I was like, ooh this is game that I want to play. Uh, it's called the last of us on PlayStation. Let me tell you. <laughs> did you beat game, it? Did you beat the game? <laughs> oh, oh, did I beat it? Not only did I beat it, I replayed it twice. I mean, it was so the perfect game to play. I was getting terrified. I couldn't even play it at night. I, at some point I couldn't play it at night anymore. Cause I was just like, now nah, this is good. And it was the second one. Cause I played the last of us, the first one, but the second one, Oh, and anybody right now that's listening to me, they're all yelling and agreeing with me right now because we're nerds like that. But, man, to talk about preparation, after I played this game twice, yeah, yeah, that was all the preparation that I need. Because it's literally the same, uh, the same type of, of, of genre and also it's the same mentality. Like, like they're, not, they're not going – I mean, there was a little love story there too, but just like the movie 28 Days After – it's that intense, that intensity, in which also threw me off too for a video game to have a love scene. I was probably the most. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, I'm not pressing no buttons. What's happening? <laughs> but, but it was, uh, it was dope. That was enough of a, of a, of a homework to allow me to at least tap into the 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 fantasy of it. The the, the you know because it's not real life, so. That really helped me to stay in that world, and then applying all the stuff that I've learned. That, that you know, I, I, I'm a member of the actor studio as far as like sensory and you know animal work and all that stuff. Uh, merging those two, it, it made it very, very easy. And also, we had like 14 days to to just be with the script. So the luxury of having that many days <laughs> to just like learn the script was just Ah, it was it was great, and and I, I hope everybody gets to see it and 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 see the type of work that we did. I will say that I have a friend who is a Twitch streamer, and she streamed The Last of Us Part Two, and said that she sobbed the entire game. So <laughs> I feel like I know what you're talking about. With that um, <laughs> you know, filming. Um, it, this project with COVID going on, I've interviewed a few actors, heard other actors say in interviews that um, one of the things that they missed pre-COVID was getting the opportunity to hang out with the other actors. Um, But you're saying that you weren't allowed to go back to your trailer in this retrospect. So did you have more time with your fellow actors or were you also kind of restricted with that? Well, this is the thing with our episode specifically, it was, we were very lucky and, and because it's only the two of us. So, and we both were tested and we did our quarantine. So yeah, we got a chance to really hang out. Uh, And we were the first show that Netflix were shooting during COVID. Um, That that was the first one that, that, that actually we finished and we had no issues. 
Um, and, and so it was great. You know, we both knew each other and we were, were best friends. So it, we felt very comfortable. So we got a really good chance. Man, it was luxury because that, after that, I, I worked on another show, um, a BT show called Bigger on, on, uh, on BT Plus. And it was a totally different experience as you have other, other people and you have to be, you know, the actors get a chance to hang out, but you're in your own little world. And, you know, there might be like six feet away from you and all that wonderful stuff. But this one, it, it, it was very awesome because it was just the two of us and we trusted each other and, and we allowed ourselves to give, we gave ourselves permission to, to be intimate, you know, in, in any way possible to, to make it real. Cause that was the thing about it is like, especially with that episode, we needed to make sure that it read, you know, real, uh, instead of, you know, having another restriction of like, Ooh, you can't walk this way because it's too close, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, and so, yeah. So for me, that experience was actually great. It was a great experience. And, and, you know, the whole crew was away from us and they, I mean, talk about following protocol. I mean, they followed every protocol to, you know, naming uh, colors like, all right, red, red, blue. And I didn't know what the colors were, but I knew <laughs> that we had to follow something. Either we were in the red section or the purple section. It was a green section. I mean, it's, yeah, it was a lot, but we just focused on each other and we decided to just stay in our own little bubble and, and you know, work on, on things. And uh, and I think for, for the benefit of the show, I think it worked out. It worked out beautifully. That is amazing. I'm really happy to hear that. Always love when you hear that um, production is following protocol. Um, you know, I wanted to uh, almost take a step. Well, first of all, actually, I know what I want to ask you. <laughs> Do you feel personally, uh, as Bashir, you could survive a zombie apocalypse? <laughs> Ooh, uh, yeah. uh, man, let me see. Let me see. All right. This is the thing. I'm going to say yes. Until there's like at least like twenty of them. If I'm if I'm in a place and I'm surrounded, I'm screwed. Goodbye, <laughs> shit. But if I have open space where I could like go places, oh, I'm good. I'm I'm from Haiti, man. Like <laughs> I grew up, I grew up, you know, in the mountains. So like I, I'm good. I can ride horses. I, <laughs> I'm I'm good. <laughs> I think I'll, I'll be fine. Uh, an apocalypse in an open field but if i'm inside of a building and there's a bunch of them yeah yeah goodbye me goodbye me because <laughs> i i can only fight so much and uh once my ammo is done but yeah. if i have to but as far as surviving as far as like if if we had to grow on crops and all that oh i'm good my dad was a botanist so i picked up some few tricks i could you know, grow a little garden. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I am. Um, I I may be able to survive. I don't know. <laughs> probably not. I I like to be realistic and say ah, probably not. But uh, <laughs> uh, <you> know, <laughs> stepping away from Black Summer for just a moment. Um, you know, I w- when I was presented the opportunity to interview you, I was told that. Uh, you are trilingual. You are fluent in French, Creole, and English, which is absolutely amazing because I like to say that I barely master one language. Um, how do you feel being trilingual helps your acting? Man, um, 
comprehension uh, and also expression as well, too. Like the way I express myself in Creole and the way I express myself in French is totally different. It's I even sound different. Like, for example, well, somebody could have all somebody different parce que parler non by different net, ton piba, tout by sao. Et puis, si je pas français, c'est quelque chose d'autre aussi. C'est une énergie qui est plus, plus vite et c'est chic et tout ça. But in English, it's this. So basically, what I was saying is, with in Creole, my voice drops down and it's lower. And in French, it's a little quicker. It's like little, like almost like slick and cool. And then in English, is this. And but the way we express ourselves, the words that we use to express ourselves, allows me to have more more uh, ways of pulling you know, whatever feelings that I need to do, like, instead of like, just focusing on one language of like, okay, cool, I need to get, I need to emote this emotion, which I can't, you know, actor, acting is a no, no, you don't want to emote emotions. But if I have to like, okay, cool, I have to reach this, I have to do this scene, and I need to pull something, whether if it's sensory, or if the sensory is not working, or something else not working, I pull into, you know, what I know, and, and my language, my culture. And, and, and to me, I think that's what makes me unique. Well, that's what everybody makes everyone unique, but it does make me a very unique actor in the sense of like, I, I also think in, in, in French and Creole. And so it allows me to pull in some stuff that you might not, you'd be like, wow, that's so slick that he said it this way. And it's, it's not that I'm slick. It's just that I'm, saying it in another language but in english <laughs> like i've said you understand like, in creole language has proverbs every every single human being uh every single haitian has their own proverbs and sometimes i'll say something in, in english and they'll be like wow that was so poetic i'm like no nah, it's just it's, it's just it's just the creole language it's just that's how we would phrase that and they're like oh that's so dope but you know um, but yeah, that, I, I think it's a very helpful when you're able to have, you know, multiple languages, uh, in, in, in your mind, also just culture period. You know, I, I think it's, it's a benefit. And the more, you know, man, uh, I think NBC was it NBC or yeah, NBC was right. The more, you know, the slogan, the more, you know, they, they were onto something. They were onto something. <laughs> um, do you, you know, have any projects that you're doing where you get the opportunity to either speak French or speak Creole or even showcase um, your Haitian culture more? At the beginning of my career, yes, I did. Uh, I did a show called Love That Girl with Tatiana Ali uh, from uh, Fresh Prince. And she had her own show. It was on it's UPN. It was oof, it was a while back, but um, they created a character who's she had a uh, her brother was a roommate and her brother had a best friend. Uh, his name was Smooth Ass Mark. Uh, his name was Mark, but they called him Sam Smooth Ass Mark. <laughs> but uh, he was Haitian. Uh, and I got to speak French to her and woo her and become her love interest. So that was extremely excited because that was one of my first roles ever on, on TV. And I got to be Haitian and kissing Tatiana Ali. Uh, to everybody that's listening and mad about this, I'm sorry, but it happened. <laughs> Go look it up. And uh, and yes, I enjoyed it. But <laughs> but yeah, um, uh, yeah, man, that, I got that opportunity. And then recently... I created a short for my cousin, Gustav Kade, um, called Id. 
and um, it's a short that we're hoping that you know we sell. Um, we sh- uh, shot a short. We put it on festivals. We've gotten into like six festivals, and where I basically created uh, two personalities. Basically, it's me, the American self, and my Haitian self, and the battle between basically id, the psychological id, um, uh, where I'm having conversation back and forth with a entity called id, which is a physical manifestation of my Haitian self. And I could only see him basically like imaginary friend. And we're always arguing because he wants me to embrace my Haitian culture. And I'm like, nope, not doing it. Nope. This is ridiculous. I'm done with this. I don't want to be Haitian. And, uh, and uh, that's gotten a lot of uh, great reaction, especially in the Haitian community uh, that they, they, they love it. And they, you know, we don't get to see us at all on tv we're finally slowly seeing sparks of haitian culture but you know um for years uh we haven't heard any any store uh, any of our stories so i'm super excited to be at least one of the people that are that are out there that is uh you know representing yeah no that sounds really emotional and close and it's i think hopefully you know that the world is kind of more open or at least America I want to say is more open now to seeing stories from elsewhere in the world Uh, especially with streaming services you can do that so I mean that is the hope that as we move forward we get to see more stories um, from everywhere no absolutely absolutely and I think it is I mean with Lupin we were talking about Lupin earlier with all the, the the other you know filmmakers that are doing incredible work now you know uh it's it's beautiful i can't wait i can't wait when when i'm able to to speak all three languages in a film that's that's the goal this is really my goal you'll be a triple threat oh (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know Bashir, the last thing i kind of wanted to touch upon i hope you don't mind me uh touching upon it is i was doing some research on you going on youtube and everything and Um, It seems that you are quite an advocate for, say, cancer research. And I think that's really important, uh, especially for me to showcase on uh, this interview and to my audience and everything. And I want to give you a second to kind of speak about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm a widower. I lost my wife to colon cancer in 2018. Um, she was diagnosed at 32. Uh, she was given uh, six months to live. She survived it for three. And, um, and we had no clue, um, especially, uh, you know, as African-Americans, we had no clue about this disease or what it entails or anybody, anybody that's, that has to deal with, with any type of cancer. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a tornado. You just don't know how to, to handle it. And there's so much information. So, um, my, my wife, uh, Shannon Sylvain, she decided to start a company called, uh, Brown Sugar Rehab to basically, uh, give people information about colon cancer to the African-American community, but also, uh, supply them with ways of like change. Cause we changed our diet. We became vegan and, and all these things, uh, helped to, uh, at least prolong her life because they literally gave us 
six months and we were just like, not, nah, that's not going to happen. So we went the holistic way and we changed her entire diet and everything like that. And we, we strongly believe that was part of it. Of course she did chemo as well too, but we strongly believe that was a very big help on prolonging her life for, for the three years. And so she, she was, you know, determined to let people know, especially in the black community of this disease. And because it's such a preventable disease, because it is a silent killer, you don't know until you get checked. And the only way to really, really get checked is by, by getting a colonoscopy and for to get a colonoscopy, which now they change it to 45, which is a big win. Uh, but before it was 55. So um, but now they're finding more younger cases. And the only way to do that is to get screened to make sure that you don't have anything going on. And then if they do find something to get a colonoscopy to find out if you have any polyps that are cancerous so they could remove it. And uh, it's been something that, you know, was, it was a no brainer because I would hate for anyone to have to number one, go through what she's gone through and what we've gone through as a, as a couple uh, and also, you know, to have the end result that we had, uh, you know, it's devastating. Um, but it's at the same time, what she did her last few years of her life really inspired me to to keep it going. You know, it, it could have been easy for me to fall into a depression and 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 not want to ever deal with it. But the the way she fought, the way we both fought. It would it, it, it would be a disservice to her and to myself to just ignore it and, and say, all right, well, that part of my journey is gone. Moving on. No, like and this is something I, I'm convinced and I'm going to be doing for for the rest of my life. Um, so I'm excited to, to working with the Colon Cancer Alliance. Um, we're, we're trying to merge brown sugar rehab so we can have a home there. And uh, and yeah. We're taking it one day at a time. First, let me say um, sorry for your loss and thank you for, uh, you know, starting Brown Sugar Rehab. Yeah, I wanted to, you know, just give you a platform to say that just because um, it is something very serious. So hopefully, um, you know, progress is made and, uh, you know, as you said, it's a big win that the age is now 45. I didn't even know that it was previously 55. So yeah <laughs> um, no no absolutely absolutely and it's important to people i mean you know the whole point is to try to like right now the colon cancer alliance is we're trying to save a million lives a year you know we're just trying to save as many lives as possible and the thing is it's preventable that's the that's the thing about colon cancer it's like you so could prevent it and all you got to do is just get tested at least get screened at least get screened at least once a year. And that's the thing. Once you get screened or you get a colonoscopy, it's not something that you do every, every year, you know, like they'll, they'll tell you, Oh, come back in the next 10 years or five years or whatever. But it's such a preventable disease that it it would, it's you, you, sorry. I mean, if you hear the urgency in my voice, it's because it's like, you know, those are the things I keep thinking about. I'm like, man, if we only knew, if we only knew, you know, and, and now I have the responsibility since I do know, why not share it? No, absolutely. And thank you for sharing your story. Um, Bashir, before I let you get out of here, um, I of course want to ask do you, besides Black Summer, do you have any projects that we should keep an eye out for that we should, you know, that's on the horizon? 
Yeah, I'm going to do a very quick appearance on Claws. I was uh, recurring last season. Uh, season three, I was recurring as EJ. I played uh, Jen's uh, baby daddy. Uh, this is the final season of Claws, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, they brought me back, I think, two episodes. I don't remember because we shot it such a long time ago. Um, so I make my appearance again uh, as EJ. And then also uh, BT Plus. Um, Last month, uh, I reprised my role as Willie, uh, homeless Willie, uh, um, for BT Plus. And the show is called Bigger. And then uh, I'm working currently on a Netflix animation. Uh, can't say much about it, but uh, it, it's making me very happy. Uh, all I can say is it's, it's dealing with my culture. So I'm super excited about that. One. Like super, super, super excited and hopefully in time. When everything is uh, ready to go, they'll they'll release that. But um, and I'll be the and I'll be the first one to know, right? (laughs) Oh, absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) Um, Bashir, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you tonight. Um, everyone who's listening, again, please make sure that you check out when the second season of Black Summer comes out, June seventeenth. It looks amazing and. We all love zombie stuff, so come on. We're all going to watch it here. But again, Bashir, thank you. And I hope you have a great rest of your week. Oh, no, thank you. Thank you very much. And um, hopefully we'll talk soon. Yes. Again. (laughs) (laughs) Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.